Hey y'all, what is going on? What is going on? It's your girl, Melba Pearson, Melba for Miami, Melba for Justice, also known as the resident illegal diva. And it is time for another Mondays with Melba. Hope everyone had an amazing weekend. Uh, quick reminders, if you are in Florida and you had a vote by mail, uh, you were getting your ballots by mail, make sure to renew it because it, your vote by mail registration expired December 31st of 2022. So it expired last year. So if you want to get your vote by mail ballots, make sure to get online and do that ASAP because you don't want to wait around. And next thing you know, it's 2024 and you're like, but where's my ballot though? So that's that. So just want to remind everyone on that. Now, I'm super excited for my girl, Cheryl Francis, to share with us some updates about how to deal with tough economic times. We're hearing layoffs in the news. You know, folks are like, oh, my resolution is I'm going to get my money right. Um, okay, so what are you doing towards those ends? So Cheryl, thank you so much for coming back on Mondays with Melba. Really appreciate your insight and your brilliance in all things finance. Well, listen, Happy New Year to you, Melba. Thank you for having me back again. And Happy New Year to everyone in your listening audience. So I'm going to break it up into two parts today. The first part is really a response to all the news we've been hearing about the layoffs. I mean, Amazon, Goldman Sachs, Salesforce, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Vox Media announced that they're going to be more layoffs coming. So what is what are some tips that we can implement really in response to this level of uncertainty? If you're at risk of being laid off of, or if you're laid off, what do you do? So the first thing I'm going to talk about um, may not resonate that well with people, but you have to tell people, right? So the thing that I've seen on LinkedIn and HR professionals have weighed in on this is that the fastest way that they've seen people get jobs is by posting it on LinkedIn to say, look, I just got laid off from this company. These are the skill sets that I possess. Now, obviously, you're going to be very respectful because what they found is that recruiters now are looking for those people, but they want people who are respectful. You know, you're not going to be on there spreading vitriol and acting crazy, right? Because you want exactly. to seem balanced. The internet <laughs> right? is forever. The internet is forever. Exactly. And, you know, we have to be realistic. You know, we're not going to be on the journey with each person we are committed with for the entirety of our journey, right? And so sometimes it's time to go. So, um, that's one thing to do, but you should also reach out to your immediate community and your friends. You know, a really good way of getting another job is reaching out to your friend, you know, your acquaintances and say, hey, you know, I just got laid off. Now a lot of people feel embarrassed, but, you know, it's happening so frequently and so often. I think that any hesitancy um, will really be overshadowed by the need um, to get moving and to get your finances right again or to become more stable because, you know, feelings don't pay the rent. They don't pay the mortgage. You can feel bad, but then what? Right. So I'm a big proponent of, yeah, you can feel bad and you can process it in different ways, but reach out to your village, your community, including social media. The other thing that you should really consider doing is filing for unemployment as soon as possible because it takes a little bit. You want to figure out what your respective states, um, you know, criteria are for getting unemployment. And you need to get on that ASAP if that's something that you have the ability to do 
don't, again, you know, a lot of this, I think, comes down to taking action almost immediately. You don't really have time to wallow or feel bad. Now, you will process it. But while you're doing that, you really have to get going, especially if you have people in your life that rely on you. You know, I'm a single mother myself. So, you know, if anything bad happens in my life, my whole thing is what's next. You know, you really don't. I mean, I do process it and I think most people do, but you really don't have the luxury of sitting around wallowing for a week or two. You know, woe is me because you need to get moving. Right. So the whole issue is what do we do next? And also, too, to piggyback on that, I'm also reading that for a lot of these jobs, especially in technology, you know, you got laid off from Twitter on Monday and then within less than three months, you're able to bounce back and be hired at another company in another position, often paying you more than what you were making before. This is not, you know, calling out Twitter specifically. No, no, no. Right. If laid off anywhere, you know, the listen, there's like 1.7 jobs per person in America right now. There are a ton of job openings. Right. So act fast and use your village and use some of these tips. You'll be able to bounce back. Hopefully. Exactly. And it's even nicer if you get some type of severance, right? So a lot of people get a severance package and we're, we'll talk later about what we do with that. The other thing you should do, if, if this is going to be an issue, talk to your creditors, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are, you know, they're paying down their debt. They, they have very good financial habits. But keep in mind that some of those payments may either have to be on pause or stop, right? So you either have to make less or you have to stop doing it. But reaching out to your creditor and explain the situation to them, they'll be able most likely and this is true based on the data that we've seen is that when you talk to the creditors, they will find some type of way to work with you. Right. The problem, though, is that, you know, when you talk to folks again, they're embarrassed. They don't want to call. But again, you know, just being realistic, you know, you feel bad, but feeling bad is not going to get your bills paid. It's not going to give you a reprieve, you know. And you need that so you can move forward and get back to where you were before. Because oftentimes, like you you pointed out, Melba, um, the next opportunity may be even better than what you just left. But but you do need that bridge to transition there. So you want to talk to your creditors, um, you know, explain the situation and work out a payment plan or say, hey, can we put this on pause? And I know you can do that with student loans and there are some other credit card companies that I think you you should be able to work out something with them. If you call them ahead of time, now don't wait till you start getting the calls, right? Or you miss the payments. They kind of like when you do it proactively. So as soon as something happens, you have to sit, figure out where are you, what are you going to need to make it through the next couple of months? Another thing um, that's interesting that comes up quite frequently is whether or not people took out a 401k loan at their job because sometimes the payment terms are tied to employment. So either if you're not going to be employed within a couple of weeks or now you're just not employed, you know, how does that affect how you repay that loan? So you want to reach out to the employer HR and say, Hey, you know, what does this mean? Um, Some employees, employers will give you a grace period, but if it's not paid off in a certain time, then, you know, you take a tax hit. So you want to make sure you kind of cross off all of those, um, issues, anything you have that's tied to your job, you need to figure out how is it going to work now? Because now you no longer have the job, right? The other thing too is, um, doctor's appointments, right? Because some people 
when they get laid off, the employer will carry you for maybe a week or two. But some people, they're just done when they're done. Right now, there is Cobra. But if anybody knows anything about that, that is so ridiculous. I, I frankly don't know anybody who's ever used it. And you're frankly better off being in the marketplace. Right. So as soon as you even think you're going to get laid off, you go ahead and schedule all those doctor's appointments. Even if they're back to back, you get them in, get them done. If you have children, make sure everybody's taken care of so that you have a little bit of reprieve and you can transition um, a little less stressfully to your next opportunity. And this is a big one for me. We have to be kind to ourselves, right? Cut yourself some slack. Yes, preach. That is the mental part of it, right? It's like, you know, again, at this stage in my life, I realize, again, going back to the journey comment I made earlier, like, you're not going to be at the same place the whole time. Why did this happen to me? You know, all those questions are great. But those questions are what you're going to have to process as you're making your transition. You can't be too hard on yourself. Oh, could I have done this? Should I have left? You know what? Going through those ruminations at this time to me is kind. Of, it's 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 a good exercise, but you can't rely on it alone to get you through the transition. And if you need help, ask for it. You know, sometimes we just need a good cry. You know, I'm a big proponent. You know, you have different friends for different reasons. I have a bestie that I could just go and sit at her house and just ball. And that's my sister. I don't even have to say anything. Right. So you need a friend like that where you can actually get all the emotion out so you can move forward because keeping all of that inside oftentimes is not good. And if you need other help, you know, there's a lot of resources online that you can use. If you, uh, you know, there's issues with food insecurity or any time you feel like you're, you know, you're, livelihood or where you live or how you eat or how you feed your kids, if there is a problem, you know, you can reach out, right? Uh, 211.org is is a good resource for people, you know, Um, because oftentimes we don't ask for the help that we need and we suffer in silence when we don't need to because most people do have a community around them or a friend or two that they can call. I definitely want to uplift the whole mental health aspect of it. If you are able to maybe use one of the apps like Better Health or, you know, some of those, they often have very low co-pays. So if you don't have insurance, you can still have somebody to vent to and to kind of help you process what you're feeling so that you can go into the next job with a clear head, not carrying some of the baggage or the anger that you may have from the last job, which may your performance in this job. So yeah. Right, because who wants to who wants to hire somebody who's angry? Mm-hmm. Right? And you're frankly not going to be performing at your best if you're even able to get the job if you haven't really processed it. And and for some people, you know, for a long time I was very tied up. My identity was very tied up in what I do. Um, but you know me, Melba, I transitioned and I've done a lot of things in my life and I found, you know, the real meaning of just having joy and purpose in your life is doing what you love. And so I'm not really wedded to being a lawyer or, you know, being an insurance agent or any of that because there's so much more to me. And I say that to say for a lot of people, when they go through all this stuff where, you know, it's a loss of a job, it is significant. You know, it's like getting divorced, you know, um, therapists have talked about it that way. Yeah. That you have to find within you, some meaning to your life separate and apart from your job because 
you know, you weren't born into the job. You know, there's so much more to all of us, right? So it is important, uh, but hopefully we can find a way to process it so we don't, you know, the devastation of losing it doesn't overwhelm you and prevent you from moving forward. So you got to really take care of yourself and have a team of people around you who love you no matter what job you have. Oh, <laughs> you, yeah, if you sure. don't have a job and they will welcome you, you know, that gives you a lot of solace and validation. And it's important to have that support system around you. So that's for the worst case scenario. Yeah. And then, but Betsy, hey, Betsy has a very interesting question. Um, what is happening to all the folks in Florida who are being taken off of Medicare, especially children? Mild correction, that would be Medicaid. Um, that was part of uh, the pandemic package that gave extra health care and yeah. extra protection to folks. But now that's ending because the quote unquote pandemic is over. Okay. I won't go down that rabbit hole. But what are your thoughts on that, Cheryl? I think for all of us, you know, we have to, I'm a big proponent of reaching out to my representative when there are things that hit me hard, um, but then looking for resources in the community that take the place of that benefit that you just lost, right? So I don't, I can't speak to specifically what else people could look to, but I think it's very important to see if there are resources in the community that address some of those benefits that are lost, but first and foremost, to reach out to your representative because this is affecting thousands of people. And it, it's so harsh and it's so hard that, you know, it, it kind of breaks my heart when I think about it because you're talking about kids, right? And you're talking about people, a lot of who are not making a living wage, right? And so how are they supposed to get along? And now on top of that, you have a recession and, you know, the food, basic food prices are just astronomical, right? I mean, if I had like two or three kids, I would really be going nuts. I go to the grocery store and I get home and I look at my bill and I'm like, what did I pay for again? Right. And you're like, I only right? have one bag of food. Like what? Yeah. Is, I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard, but I think, you know, everybody should pay attention to this because it's a real serious issue. Um, I just, and, and also another thought would be, you know, number one, utilizing your local public hospital because they basically can't turn you away. So that, that's something you can look at. And then also urgent care. I mean, the reality is like there have been times in my life where I've had gaps in insurance because of the types of jobs I had or whatever. Right. The case may be. And urgent care. Listen, I mean, it, it's they can't do everything. So no. if it's really severe, like, you know really, really bad. You've got to go to the hospital, but urgent right. care can probably help you. Like if you've got the flu, they can prescribe right. some meds for you. And it's, you know, maybe it's a 50 or a hundred dollar, you know, price that you have to pay, but you could probably do a payment plan. So there are a few different ways that you might be able to approach it, but definitely looking yeah. for community-based organizations. But, I mean, that's a great question. I think the, the real important point is do not forego care, right? Mm -hmm. If you're sick, yeah. you get up and you go to one of those places. Cause like, like you said, they can't turn you away and you don't want to sit there and have something develop into something more serious. Right. Um, because without our health, I mean, what else do we have? I mean, to me, that's first and foremost, mental health and physical health and anything we can do to shore up those resources is very important. So, you know, I, I feel bad that we're not able to offer a more concrete solution, but you know, that's the best we have now until something is done to change the way um, healthcare 
is actually performed in this country. It's a real serious problem. That part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's for another show, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, really serious. So um, moving on to the second part now, if, if you are not at risk of being laid off and you're not laid off, then one of the things you can do, and this is the beginning of the year, this is January, so it's go time. Now you get to look at your house and see whether or not it is in fact in order, um, which means you got to sit down again and do a budget. And I know people hear budget and they start rolling their eyes in their head, but you know, this is your business. You know, you have to operate as if you're an entity because there are people in your life that probably depend on you. Um, so one of the things I typically advise people to do is whoever the financial professionals are in your life, you start scheduling appointments with them in January. You know, I have to talk to um, the guy who is my insurance agent. I have to talk to my CPA. I have to figure out what things, how am I doing actually? You know, what did I do last year? Because, you know, we we know we probably all spent a little bit too much in December. Okay. Um, so how do we write our ship and what are our goals going forward? And, you know, there are a ton of budgeting apps. You could type in budget app uh, online. You'll see a bunch of them pop up. Um, and if you're struggling with it, you know, the 50, 30, 20 rule is a good rule of thumb to start with. So 50% of whatever you make goes to your necessities, your rent, your mortgage, your insurance, your food, um, all of that stuff, you know, 30% apparently is supposed to go to wants. And I say, apparently I'll deal with that in a second and 20% to savings. So I kind of, I flip that around because cash is king when times are tough. And so, I try to, I'm not saying I succeed all the time, but the 30% is what I want to use for savings. And the 20% is wants. Now at my age and I'm an empty nester, there's not a lot of things that I need. And so I really have to look at what am I doing impulsively that I can stop? You know, something happen, happy happens in my life and I need to buy shoes. Okay. Is that necessary? No. Um, I'm depressed. Okay. So I'm going to buy a new dress. Is that necessary? No, because that fleeting emotional high you get from it is not lasting. And a lot of times it's just not worth it. Right. right. So you want to really watch what you spend. You need to do your budget. You sit and figure out what are you bringing in? What are you spending money on? But some of the other things you do is as you're looking at what you're spending money on, you want to look and see, um, what high interest debt you have that you can pay down, right? So I like talking about this because there are a couple different ways you can approach it, right? You can look at, let's say you have five credit cards and everybody knows with interest rates going up, they really affect credit cards, right? So you don't really want to carry a big balance because you're going to be paying just a significant amount of interest. And I don't sense that the feds are going to stop raising interest rates anytime soon. So you either can take the smallest balance and clear it up to motivate you, or you can start with the, the one with the biggest balance and kind of chop away at it, right? You're, what you really want to do is to pay more than the minimum. You want to double or triple up if you can, because you really want to cut down that debt. You just This is not the environment to be carrying a lot of high interest debt. And if it's possible, maybe you can look at transferring to a zero or low interest balance transfer card. That I've done that in the past when trying to really cut down some debt that I racked up. 
Um, that's really good. And then push, put your cash to work. There are a couple of ways you can do it. So if you're saving, so for example, you really want to really pad and, and really add to your emergency fund. You may want to put it in a, um, a higher interest bearing account. So get out of the 1% zone. I don't know. Um, some banks are offering 2.9. You might want to get into a money market account, something that's liquid that you can access more easily, but gives you a higher interest rate than one or 0.01, which is kind of where we are, which is interesting. Um, and then look at your retirement accounts. What are you socking away, right? Especially if your company matches, you want to get that free money, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you want to really stack up because, you know, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. You can save for retirement and you can save your emergency fund. You know, there are two separate things and you can put into each pot a little at a time because nothing happens overnight, right? So you're going to slowly add to your cachet of cash to make sure that you can walk away. I like to say you want to have your walk away money. You want to have your retirement money. You want to have your emergency money, right? And so there are different pots that you want to put things in. Um, and the thing you really want to do now, especially in this environment, is avoid adding debt, right? No matter how enticing it may seem and your job is great and you're going to be there for another 20 years, you don't need to, to do a really big purchase if it's not absolutely necessary, you could probably wait till interest rates come down again, especially if it's something you're going to have to pay on over time. So take a look at that. And then in terms of savings, you might want to automate your savings, right? If you have trouble like setting it aside, just set it and forget it. Maybe have them take out a certain percentage of your check. Or if you're getting a bonus, you just got a bonus or something, or you have a huge severance and you're going to be happy and great for the next six months. You might want to set aside a little bit just to fund that emergency fund because, you know, typically we're looking at, what, three to six months. But, I mean, given what we went through with the pandemic, I would say six to 12 is more realistic. Yeah. Right. So even though it is not that difficult, the job market seems to be uh, pretty good. It's still you. it's unusual for you to lose your job today and get another one tomorrow unless you had it teed up, right? And yeah. so um, most people with severances, you know, they do wanna be careful about how they use it so they don't blow through a cushion because we still don't know what's gonna happen this year. This is just January. We haven't even gotten out of January yet. And you have all these financial institutions talking about, and not just them, the tech sector um, is having some sort of mini meltdown. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so even though it appears to me that, you know, a lot of the tech layoffs, those people will have severance. We don't know how much severance it is. And depending on where you live and what your lifestyle is, it may or may not be enough, right, to tide you over and transition you to your next really great opportunity. And I'm going to say this again, you know, reach out for help, right? We all have people in our lives that we talk to about a variety of things. Find people you trust. Um, find people who love you, people who are open, and even organizations that can offer you some guidance, especially on the mental health piece of it, because it is um, pretty challenging to get over the fact that, you know, it's almost like a breakup. And because you didn't initiate it, it feels worse. Yes. <laughs> it's like being right? but I don't understand. I thought we were getting along well. Yeah. Or you're like, 
oh man, you know, I knew I should have taken that other job because mm-hmm. a lot of people that are at jobs, sometimes they spend a lot of time looking for other jobs, right? And now you want to kick yourself, man, I should have left, but should have, would have, could have. That's all in the past, you know? What do we do when something happens? Because the, the greatest test, I think, of your strength and your character is what you do when something awful happens, like a job loss, you know? Mm-hmm. You just got to get yourself together because a lot of us are stronger than we think. We have entire communities surrounding us and we don't even utilize them because we are either too embarrassed or afraid. But I guarantee you, like, whatever it is you're fearing, somebody in your group has probably experienced it already. And it's time to put your pride on the shelf, you know? Yeah, and pride doesn't pay bills, right? Exactly, exactly. And just to touch on a couple other points that you made, you know, there's different websites you can go to like NerdWallet and others to be able to look at the types of low interest or zero uh, interest credit cards you might be eligible for to be able to transfer those balances, you know, and then there's all these apps out there that'll help you cancel memberships and cancel services that you're not using to be able to like claw back some of your money, even if you're not in a layoff situation. But listen, if you could save an extra 20 bucks because you've got Hulu and Netflix and you don't watch Hulu anymore, right? (laughs) You know, listen, that 20 bucks adds up, right? you cut a couple other things, maybe you can get to saving $100 a month. And then over the course of the year, you've got $1,200. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's a significant amount of money. Yeah. And the other thing I started doing with my friends is we start talking about what are we doing financially that's working for us, right? So, you know, we sit around and we talk about the usual stuff, our hair, vacation, but let's talk about some real stuff too, right? You know, what are you doing that's working for you? You know, are you investing? What are you investing in? You know, who's your financial planner? I don't have one, right? Or Mm -hmm. I don't like mine or I don't trust mine. Um, because that information is actually invaluable. And I've learned a lot by talking to my friends about what are they doing or, oh my God, I started this business. It's doing really well. You know, you have a side hustle that's turned into your main hustle. You know, a lot of little things that we can monetize. Um, It's just a different way to think about how you approach work and how you find balance and what you do in your life that just gives you joy and purpose. Because not everybody is there, right? And especially in times where it's uncertain and you're like, oh, my God, I just got laid off. You don't even want to talk to a recruiter. But the other thing, too, now that I've said that, is you really should have a couple of recruiters that you call periodically to find out what's going on in the economy, especially in your market. You know, find out, hey, you know, what am I worth? What's my value? You know? Do I need to get another certification? Do I need to do something else? You know, what's going to make me the most attractive? Because again, if thousands of people are getting laid off, those thousands of people are looking for work. Exactly. Why would they pick me? Right. So you want to be in the best position. And oftentimes you need somebody um, to more objectively give you that feedback. You know, ever so often I will call a recruiter that I know and ask, hey, can you look at my resume? And they're like, oh, my God, what is this? When's the last time you updated it? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. You never update your resume until you're like, oh, crap. Like, I'm yeah, It's time to go. But you really should. You know, these are just like checklists, like especially at the beginning of the year. Look at your stuff. Even if you're not at risk of being laid off, just look at it and say, hey, if something happened, would I be able to plug and play? 
Or am I going to have to stay up all night remembering all the things that I've done and, you know, the wording and blah, blah, blah. So it's better to do it when you have time. So you stay ready. So if something happens, you're able to just turn it around, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Cool. All right. And also, can you touch on a little bit the rent situation, right? So there's, you know, folks out there, a lot of folks are renting, uh, chose not to buy, was not able to buy because, you know, the market's crazy. And now, now your landlord turns around and says, hey, I want to double your rent. You know, how, how can folks kind of prepare themselves if, in case that happens? And Yeah, which is awful. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen that, you know, I often tell people that even so let's talk about renting versus buying, you know, they've, they've done studies even since the pandemic and they've looked at it. So buying a house is no longer the, the panacea it once was right. Only because the interest rates are ridiculous. So if you're stuck um, with a landlord, I think the first thing you need to do is go look at your lease. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's not in writing, it didn't happen. That's what I say. That right. Part. You want to look and see, you know, what what agreement did we make about rental increases? Because some people, some landlords they don't care about. It. They just keep raising it and raising it. Right. And sometimes there's a provision in your rental uh, agreement that talks about the percentage by which it can go up. So you want to look at that to see whether or not this rent increase is really where it should be or where it needs to be. Right. And I know, I think, was it Hialeah, Melba, um, where the tenants got together and they protested? This was and Central, they, I think, or it, it was it was a, a homeowners association down south. Yeah, they got they were not playing because the problem ends up happening that you may be priced out of your living situation. Right. And now where are you going to go? So you want to look at your rental agreement, you know, find out whether or not, uh, and again, talk to your representatives. And I see a lot of representatives um, coming on the airwaves talking about the rent situation. I mean, there was even a fund, and I know the pandemic is kind of sort of almost over, but there was money set aside that as uh, uh, South Florida city was using to actually supplement uh, rents for some of the constituents in that particular area. So, you know, you don't have to take it lying down. Uh, I, I would push back, especially if it's really significant. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, and also keep in mind, Miami-Dade County did pass an ordinance that uh, a landlord has to give sick more than 60 days notice. Yeah. You can't just yeah. increase your rent by more than, you know, five or 10%. I think, I think it's only 5%. So keep an eye on that. Like know when your lease expires and count back 60 days before that, put that on your calendar so that if the landlord gets back to you and says, Hey, I'm going to renew your lease, but at double the rate. And it turns out they only gave you 30 days notice. You could be like, that's crazy. Right. And a lot of them aren't reading it. They're just getting excited. Now, again, they have pressures on them as well, but that's not really the issue. The issue is fairness and balance, right? You can't expect, you can't raise my rent by 30 or 40% overnight. That's just, it's not reasonable. Right. Um, But some people are trying to get away with that, right? Um, And if you let them, they will. 
Exactly. And if you end up in the situation where, you know, you feel like you're being treated unjustly, reach out to organizations like Legal Services of Greater Miami. You know, there's Absolutely. a lot of different housing yep. organizations that are, you know, taking on lawsuits and, and at least, you know, giving people resources on how to be able to keep a roof over their heads. Because again, you know, it's not necessarily about, you know, your finances per se, you can no. be making really great money at a firm or as, you know, an executive director of an organization or whatever. But like, if your landlord, you know, turns around and doubles your rent, most people can't just absorb that. Most people just no, don't. No, and it's, it's just like a mortgage. So most people now with the, the rent. So at one point, I think South Florida became one of the most expensive places to live, uh, beating out even New York, which was insane, frankly ridiculous, right? But that's because things got a little crazy and, you know, people weren't being held accountable to their agreement. So it's just, it, I don't take anything laying down. I don't like to pay full price for anything. I, I mean, if I can get out of, of something, but here's another point too. If you're not in a precariously, a financially precarious situation, you need to think about reducing a lot of your debt. So the last time I was on, I talked about, you know, I'd heard about this couple and they had a 30 year mortgage and they paid off their mortgage in like 15 years. Wow. You know, cause it saves you um, a significant amount of interest, mm -hmm. right? So if you can put more than your minimum mortgage payment, um, if you can make that, then do it. Right. It, it, but again, it, it has to do with goals, long term goals, short term goals and how and where you see yourself in the future financially. I just find that I can breathe a little easier when I don't have a lot of bills, high interest debt. And I don't want to be in a 30 year relationship with the bank. Right. <laughs> Not even had a personal relationship that lasted that long. I don't know the bank like that. So I, I don't really want to be there. So, you know, I'm trying to work on getting out of that relationship sooner rather than later so that by the time I retire, I, I don't have a mortgage. Right. You know, right. Um, so that's one thing to look at. But one thing I wanted to touch on too, Mel, but I always talk about it. You know, I love talking about life insurance. Yes. Right. Because I like anything that builds, um, you know, generational wealth. And I think everybody needs to, to just stop. I talk to young people about it. I'm like, do you have life insurance? You know, you can get some cheap term insurance um, that covers, you know, what you own and leave some legacy for the people you love. It's just something to look at and um, think about having a will as well. Um, we've seen now what happens when you don't, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, very wealthy people, when they pass and they don't have, it takes years to go through probate. And I don't want any of my little coins getting spent on a lawyer. I'm a lawyer myself, but I don't want to pay some random lawyer to go through my business. Right. Especially when this could be prevented. Like we saw yeah. this with Prince and, you know, so many other high profile folks that had millions and millions of dollars and then everybody's fighting over it. And then, you know, that then decreases the slice of the pie for everybody. So yeah, because, yeah. lay it all out beforehand. You know? The only person winning there is the lawyer because they're getting paid no matter what. And they're getting paid from that pot that you're fighting over. And so it's really important to, to sit with somebody. Um, and talk about what you want to do with the stuff that you have. You're like, well, I don't need a will because I don't have a lot. Well, you have something. Yeah. Who, who's going to get your clothes? 
Who's yeah. going to you know, yeah. from from your life? Who's those baby photos of you and your siblings or you and your cousins? Like these are all things because if you don't have a will, either it's all going to get tossed in the garbage, and these are things that meant something to you, or it's right. going to go to the person in your family who may not really be that historian, for instance, right? And they're not right, exactly, right? Therefore, the same way you you know you would want right. someone. So to. I mean, it it may sound like a lot, but I'm telling you, just sitting and going through, and especially because I'm a single mom, so I do have a sister, and she, I leave her and every time I travel. I tell her where things are in my house. Um, you know, my son knows a password to my phone. He knows who my life insurance agent is because I mean, who's he going to call? He has to call that guy. Right. And so, you know, these are things that you just do, um, as you go along, they may not be the most comfortable things, but they're important, important things. And they make it so much easier, um, when it comes to transitioning from one generation to the next. Exactly. Exactly. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Cheryl, for sharing these amazing tips. Um, folks, you know, again, you can catch the replay. You can listen to this over and over again and just make a list for yourself. And, you know, you don't have to tackle everything at once. Maybe no. what you have to work on for this first, you know, six months is going to be updating your resume and cutting back on your spending a little bit to build up your savings. Or right. maybe this month you're just going to focus on, you know, doing a will and, you know, you can download some stuff online to kind of help you with that process. You yep. know, maybe that's what you focus on, but you don't have to do everything at once. Just, you know, yeah. right. Maybe you want to do baby steps and don't forget the life insurance. That's a huge piece, especially for our community. Um, you know, that's oftentimes the most um, popular way and the easiest way to pass on generational wealth. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So Cheryl, can you share information in case folks want to reach out to you? Sure. Um, my email is Cheryl, S-H-E-R-Y-L-L-E at sfrancislaw.com. And I also have a website. You can Google me at www.sfrancislaw.com. All right. And this is going to be dropped in the comments. If you're listening on the podcast, this is in the description. So you can reach out to Cheryl and learn more about how you can get your money right in 2023. Uh, so again, Cheryl, thank you so much. And to everyone out thank there, you. thank you so much for tuning in. And you know, we'll be back with another show next week. Really excited to have on Elizabeth Leba, who is an author. She just released a new book, I'm Not Yelling. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about that and what inspired her to write this. So tune in and thank you again. Take good care, y'all. Bye. Take care. Bye.